Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. Let's go into the word of the Lord and I'm, this is such a personal one. This is so personal. Um, yeah, it's a personal one. But we go to Psalms 139. This is one of the scriptures that's in my heart. Psalms 139. And I'm going to read it. I don't even know what the translation is for this one. I think it's New Living Testament. NLT, yeah. I think it is. Uh, yeah. Psalms 139. And just for time, I'm just going to go... Um, I'm going to read up to verse, the end of verse 8. In fact, I'll read up to end of verse 9. Psalms 139. It says, O Lord, I'm reading a different translation than I normally use. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven... You are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the uh, the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Someone say amen. This psalm is a psalm of David, and you know with the psalms, these are mainly songs that are written. And this is probably written at the ending of David's life. When you've gone through all, you look at all your failures, you look at all your successes, and he's sitting alone with his thoughts. And he's sitting alone and he's thinking about God. He's meditating on God. And he's writing down his feelings in regards to the nature of God. He's in that place where when you get older, you tend to do this more. You tend to be more reflective in your life. You tend to look over your life and you see where God's hands and see where God has helped you through some difficult things. And it's good when we as Christians have that time to reflect and to meditate. 
I know we are good at this. We can shout and we can praise and we need to shout and praise. But there's just times when, I don't know if you've ever had that time when you're just alone. And you have your thoughts and you're thinking through and you're looking at your life and just seeing the patterns and different things that's happened in your life. And David is here and he's saying the thing that he's, he's aware of is, is how much God knows him. And he's saying that, God, you know, you know who I am. You know who I am. You know everything about me. You know it. You know what I am. You know what I'm going to do before I even do it. You know where I'm going. Even the words before I even utter the words out of my mouth, you already know what I'm going to say. And he's speaking, he's saying, God, you've completely covered me from behind and from the front. You've laid your hands of, of, of blessings upon me. And he's just sitting there and he's considering how much God knows about us. When you think for a moment, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. And you're sitting there and you're reflecting and saying, although there's 8 billion people, almost 8 billion people on the planet, but yet I'm sitting here and I'm saying, God, you know me. You, you know me. You have understanding of me. You know me better than I even know myself. So he's saying, you have searched me. There's nothing that is hidden that you don't know. And he was saying in this time of meditation, he's, he's sitting there and he's thinking about God and his relationship with God. And it gets to a point where it's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming on how much God knows you and God knows me. It becomes so overwhelming. He's saying, I, I, my mind can't contain it. I can't, I can't comprehend. How could a God get to know me out of the billions of people, the important people. But yet when David's looking, he's saying, but yet you know me. And this feeling he's saying is to a place where it's so overwhelming for him. And his mind just cannot comprehend that knowledge that God knows us. There is nothing about you, nothing about me that's hidden from God. Nothing. We may be able to put on a face and put on a show for other people and fool other people, but you can't fool God. He just wants us to be real because you can't fake being around God. You can fake with people, but you can't fake with God. He knows you, knows when you get up, what kind of mood you're in. When you go to bed, he knows. In the theological word for this is omniscient, meaning the all-knowing God, omniscient. Two words, meaning the omni, meaning the encompassing or completeness, and science mean knowledge. 
Meaning when you put everything together, he's the God that knows everything. And he has knowledge about me. Nothing about me is hidden from him. The hairs on your head, not mine. The hairs on your head, he's numbered them. He knows everything about you emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Nothing about you is hidden from God. And David is sitting here in a place of reflection and meditation. And he's becoming overwhelmed because of the knowledge that God has concerning him. That nothing passes God's attention. Nothing is too small and nothing is too great. God sees all things and he knows all things. So he's the omniscient God, the all-knowing God. Because you know there's some things which we want to hide from people. There's some things that you don't want people to know about because either it will bring shame or embarrassment and there's some things which we just don't talk about. There's some things you just, you put on a particular face, but there's some things which are hidden. I remember in my workplace, I didn't want people to know my age. I didn't because everyone thinks I'm young and that was all good. But what was happening was in growing a beard, it was letting out a different story. And I didn't want this story to come out. So I got this gray, the gray beard keep coming and I, and I, I wanted to sh- keep the beard. But I didn't like this gray business. This gray thing and me don't go together. And so I remember with, with my late wife, I was like, what am I going to do? Because if I, people see me with a gray beard, they're going to put two and two together. And no, I'm not a young guy. You know so I was like, what could I do? So she was using this eye mascara. So I said, well, this looks like a good idea. So I said, is this, is this thing waterproof? So she's like, yeah. So I said, make, make a bar it. So I dipped the mascara. Don't laugh. And I was coloring in the bed. And, I, and it looked good. It, it worked. I put, put it on and the grayness disappeared. And I thought, okay, that's good. So I don't have to shave. I don't have to come cliche. I can go to work and put the mascara on and I can hide my age. I can hide how old I am if I color in my bed. Well, that was good. So in the morning, I'm putting on my suit and everything. And just before I go to the door, I'm coloring, coloring this in. And I look in the mirror and I look stush. I look good. I look young. And so I go to work and I keep seeing people looking at me. So I'm thinking they like what they see. I must look, I must look good. They like what they see. And then I went to the bathroom, wash my hands and look up in the mirror. And what an... I've been doing, you know, with us men, when we're talking, we're always doing this. And so I got all of this thing on my hand. I got white shirt and all the black mascara is on my shirt. And it all come off. I'm looking stupid. All because I'm trying to hide something. 
And so many times we try to hide behind something because we don't want sometimes people to know the real us. And so we hide behind certain things. And, and that's what David was saying. You can't, with God, he sees all things. He knows all things. Nothing is hidden from him. The gray hair as well. Nothing is hidden from the view of God. And that's why when we pray, you might as well pray from an open heart. You might as well be honest when you pray and be transparent when you pray. Why? Because he already knows it. He, there's nothing that he doesn't see. And so when we're praying, we can be open. We can be honest with God because nothing is missing from him. And then after he is sitting down and reflecting upon the omniscience of God, the, the all-knowing God and how God knows him, he moves to, when we get to verse number seven, he's asking a question, and the question he's asking is, where can I go to flee from God's presence? The question he's asking, where can I go that, will f that I can flee, I can get away from God's presence. That's his thought. And he's questioning this and he's saying, if I go up, ascend into the heavens, you're there. And if I go and make my bed in hell, you're there. My question is, where do you go to get away and if you want to run away from God's presence? Because the truth is you can't outrun God. Many of us as Christians, you tried before you become a Christian. You tried to get to a place where you're thinking that God won't find you. And you realize whether you go to club, I don't care where you go to dance hall, I don't care where you go, he finds you. Because you cannot run away from God. You surrender to God. But you can't run. So David is there and he's, he's reflecting on this and he's asking the question, how do I get, how can I run away from God? And in the second part of his thoughts, the first thought is, is how much God knows him. The second part of his reflection is, God's presence. And again, theologically, it means God is omnipresent. It means that he is present everywhere at the same time. That God can know the future because he exists outside of the timeline. And so he's simultaneously, he's in the past. He's also in the present and he's also in the future, all at the same time. So David is now reflecting, and as he is reflecting, he's now reflecting on the point of this, that God is everywhere. Number one, God knows everything. And the second thing David is reflecting on is God, when I think about it, you are everywhere. 
wherever we are, whatever our situation is, God is there. I said it again. Whatever, wherever we are, or whatever our situation is, people might leave you, but I'm telling you, God is there. He is Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah means God is there. When the prophetic word came to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 34 verse 35, Ezekiel was to build a city. And the, the Jews then were in captivity for 25 years. They were in Babylon. And Ezekiel got the prophetic word to build a city. And he was to call the city, God is there. It means Jehovah Shammah. That even though people may leave you, whatever your situation is, it makes no difference. God is there. When we come to church and we praise God and we worship him, guess what? He is there. When you are in your hospital bed or whether you are at home, God is there. He's Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He doesn't leave us. God is always there. Whether the sun shine, was it last week the sun was shining? Whether the sun shines or whether the sun don't shine, whether it rains or whether it doesn't rain, hear me brothers and sisters, God is Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He is everywhere. God never changes. He said, I am God. I am God. And I change not. I'm God. I change not. Your friends will change. The people around you will change. But God says, I change not. I was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I do not change. People change. Friends change. But Jehovah Shammah is always here. He's always here. And David is reflecting and he's, he's getting overwhelmed at the fact that it doesn't matter. How could I run from God? I'm trying to think, could I go to a place? Is there a situation that I go to where God says, you know, you know what? You're on your own here. You know there's some situation you go in and it feels like you're totally on your own. Well, David is reflecting and saying, he's thinking about all the battles that he's had to go through. He's thinking about the fact that even his mentor, Saul, was out to kill him. Constantly, all the different tribes that came, the different nations that came to try to kill David. And David is saying, in all of the battles that I've had to fight, all the problems that I've gone through, even when I was sinning, I was messing up, I was sinning, but yet Jehovah Shammah, was still there. God never takes his eyes off of of us. God never takes his eyes off you. He watches us. He's attentive to us. Have you ever seen like when you have a young child and, and, you know, when especially it's fine when they're in the home, but when you take them out on the street... And there's so much dangerous stuff around. 
and you're, you have to watch the child like, like an eagle. You're just watching because you have to try to anticipate just in case because the child don't see the danger. And you as a parent have to anticipate where the dangers could be. And you're like that. That is how God is for us. His eyes are constantly upon us. He, he is, is attention. His attention, Pastor Cleveland, is on us. He doesn't shift his attention. Because some of us have got God wrong. Because how he's been explained to us has been explained in the wrong way. So some people only know an angry God. A, a vengeful God. But they don't know this God that is attentive. That watches us. Looks over us. He never takes his eyes off us. This God, Jehovah Shammah, never abandons us and never leaves us. I don't know if you've ever had people who's abandoned you in your life. I don't know if you've ever had people who, yeah, they, they said they were going to run with you. And then you end up being on your own. God never abandons us. Hear me, brothers and sisters. God never leaves us. I love this scripture. It says, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. As the mountains are around Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. He never takes his eyes off us. He never abandons us. He never leaves us. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Because sometimes when we mess up, we think that God's run. He hasn't run. He's still there. He is still there. Hear what he says. He says, that I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. But I will be with you even until the end of the world. Did you hear that? He said that I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. I will be with you. Not just in the good times, but also in the bad times. Whether up or whether down, he says, I'm never leaving you. You can leave this ministry and run, but he will never leave you. Did you hear me? You can leave, but the word of the Lord is... I will never leave you. You can't shake me off. You can turn around and cuss him all you want. He's still going to be there. When you finish with your tantrums, I don't know if you've ever had that. When you finish with your tantrums and you throw your tantrum, rah, 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 and God, da, 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 and why did you allow this? And, da, 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 and you finish with your tantrum. He's still big enough to stay there. I ain't leaving you. You can get vexed, you can cry, you can do whatever. But hear God saying, I told you, I'm never, I, did you hear what I said? I am never going to leave you. Because we're so used to having people walk out of our lives. But that's not God. God's saying, I will never. Did you hear what I said? I would never, 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 I would never leave you. I would never forsake you. 
That's the God who we serve. Even, he says, I will be with you always. Always. When the tears are running down your face, God says, I'm still with you. I'm still with you. We're going through some hard time. I'm still with you. God is literally, hear me, God is literally everywhere. He fills all space and time. And yet, even though God is omnipresent, he is everywhere at the same time. Yet, what blows my mind, he chooses to manifest himself in a personal way to you and me. In a personal way. In a personal way. Because you see when you, you see there's some people who are celebrities and all they have to do is wave at someone and they feel that they're so special. You know what I'm saying? That's all they have to do is wave. Because just you got that person's attention. What God is saying is, is here, is though he's everywhere at the same time, yet he chooses and says, you know what, Yvonne, I want to show myself to you in a personal way. But yet, Lord, there's billions of people. But yet, I'm going to show you myself. I'm going to reveal myself to you. And that's why you could be in a church and everyone is worshipping. All the voices are going, all the songs are going. And yet your voice is so unique to him because he will turn up for your voice. It is so personal that you could be sitting at home. You don't have to be at church. You could be sitting at home and could be doing anything. And yet he chooses to be alongside you. He's still such a personal God. The, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, he says, For where the two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. If you all chose that you ain't coming to service today, if you say, well, you know what, we're boycotting service today. We're going on a strike. That's the latest thing. We're going on a strike. And there was just three of us. The fact that you ain't here ain't going to mess things up for us. Do you understand? If there's three of us and we worship God, you know what he does? He turns up. He will, still, he will still be here. Whether there's three people, 30 people, 300, 3,000, it makes no difference to God. If we worship him, his presence is, oh, Lord have mercy. That's why we, we don't worship according to how many numbers of people in the church. He's here. He turns up. The same God that turns up for three people will turn up for 30, for 3,000, for 30. It makes no difference. God is here. There are some people that try to, to limit the location of God and say you can only find God in our church. You can only find God in this location. You have to come to this place. And some people are so foolish they do that. Because they feel that only, only, in our, only in our city, only in our country, and only in our conferences 
That's the only place where you're going to find God. Buy your ticket if you want to. <laughs> Buy your ticket if you want to. But you're foolish. Because here's what Solomon said. Solomon said, but will God in, in 1 Kings 8, 27, it says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? And Solomon says, behold, the heaven and, the, and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less the house that I've built. Solomon has built this beautiful temple. And as beautiful as the temple is, he's saying, you'd be crazy to think that God, the big God, that he can only fit into my little temple when the very heaven of heavens cannot contain him. The very heavens of heavens cannot contain God. Because people want to know, well, where, God, where does God dwell? He dwells everywhere. Because heaven and the heavens cannot contain God. He is so vast. He's so huge. He's so awesome that the very heavens cannot contain him. Let me come down. That's why we have this promise today. And the promise that David had and David is reflecting on in this promise is that God never leaves us. God's omnipresent. And no matter what we are going through, no matter what the challenges is, because as, as, as I was praying this morning, um, Marcy, you were just saying that when you was praying, you were talking about the wind, because that's what I was praying this morning. What I saw was a wind beginning to blow. I saw the wind begin to blow. And this is not good. I saw the wind of God blowing, but I saw some really dark clouds. I saw some really dark clouds. And there was a warning, and I hear God was saying, the people need to repent. What is coming, people need to repent. Because there's some dark stuff coming. And it's not that the Lord don't love us, it's to bring things in order. We have gone too far out. We have gone too far out. And so, yes, there is a wind of revival, but there's also a wind to bring correction. There's a wind to bring us back in order because we've gone too far. There's some stuff that's going on that's too far. And, I, and as I was praying this morning, I, I heard that wind. I heard the wind. And I, I, I was seeing it. It was like, a, a, and I also saw a dark cloud. But in the midst of the revival, there is order that's coming. There's some things that I see spiritually and in the realms of the spirit of a shifting. But it was a shifting for order. And it's going to be, we're going through an uncomfortable time. We know that. We've been warned over and over. But it's not as a punishment. It's to come to bring us back in order. Amen. So no matter what we go through, we have to understand in the midst of that, God is there. No matter what difficulty we face along the way, God is there. No matter how much your heart get broken, you need to understand my message for you today is that God is there. He is Jehovah Shammah. Doesn't matter how much we are hurting, if we feel that nobody cares, 
We know Jehovah Shammah is there. In Psalms 16 and 11, and I'm finished here, Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, in his presence, in his presence is fullness of joy. So it's not just saying Jehovah Shammah is there, but in his presence, when he is there, something happens to you. When the presence of God is felt among us, when we acknowledge his presence, what he's saying, Pastor Cleveland, is when I turn up, I don't turn up empty-handed. You know when people come to your house and they come, they used to say, come with your long hand. Isn't it, Marcia? You don't, you, don't, you don't know about that. You don't know about that. You always come with something in your hands, isn't it? Never mind. But when, when God comes, he's, he, listen to what he's saying. Get ready to play him. What he's saying is, in my presence, when I turn up, Pastor Cleveland, and you acknowledge me, there is joy in my presence. You know when the presence of God is there, when it's, he's always here. But when you stop to acknowledge him, because sometimes he's here and there's people who are just totally oblivious. Because your spiritual senses is not there to know that he's right with you. He's right. You could be at the kitchen sink and you're washing up and his presence come. And what he's saying is, you know when my presence is here because in my presence there is fullness of joy. He's saying, I just don't want you just to have joy. I want you to have the fullness I didn't get that. Because I was thinking when it comes is joy. No, 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 it's not just joy. Full. 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 So if I'm not experienced the fullness, it means I haven't taken time to acknowledge that he's here. That's what it means. It means I've been too busy doing my stuff and I haven't acknowledged the presence of God. Because when I've come out of that presence of God, when I'm, or when I'm in that presence of God, what happens is my joy starts to top up. My joy starts to top up. Some of us need some joy. Not some of us, we all need some joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. As we worship, that's why the worship is so important. Because the worship allows my spirit to be in tuned with his presence. It's not about screaming, hollering, and I can do that. But I want us to be sensitive to his presence. To holler his presence. Back in the day, Joe, you remember when... We used to have to go to the toilet and we wanted to break. We used to get put our fingers up. You see, people say, What you doing? What's your finger doing in the air? But it was a respect, the presence. When the presence of God was thick in the service, you were not allowed to move. 
You didn't move. You don't walk up and down and have your own conversation and people on their mobile phones. No, no, because there was a respect of his presence. His presence is here. In fact, it was, it was Moses who said, look, I'm taking off my shoes. Because I understand that when his presence is here, the whole place becomes holy. The whole place becomes holy. My front room becomes holy. My bedroom becomes holy because his presence just turns up. And I'm careful. I'm careful to give him glory. I'm careful because I fear his presence. I'm not fearing in a horrible way. I respect his presence. And so sometimes it's that, that acknowledgement is saying, God, I want to be in your presence. And sometimes we're so broken, so broken. And what the Lord is saying, I'm still here. And that's why I said it was a personal thing for me. Because when you've gone through so much battering, so much battering, God says, when you acknowledge my presence, I'm coming to bring you joy. I'm coming to bring you joy. Listen to what Jesus says in John 15, 11. These things I spoke unto you, that, your, that my joy may remain in you. Some of us are not honest enough with what has happened through the COVID period. And you can put on a face. But some people, my brother, we had got battered. We got battered. And the worst thing you can do is get a substitute for real joy. The worst thing you can do is have a substitute for the real joy. Jesus was saying, I spoke to you, that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy may be full. Could you pull it up if that's possible, Irie? On the screen, set John 15, 11. Because some of us is just, we just want to get by. And we're not acknowledging the presence of God. So if we're not acknowledging the, the presence of God, we can't share in this joy. Hear it. In the uh, New King James, Irie. I told you these things, that you may be filled with joy and that your joy may be filled. So we don't walk around with sour face when you've been in the presence of God. The presence of God makes all the difference. And the presence of God is here. What we have to do is acknowledge his presence. And here's the thing, because you say, God, I'm going through some places. I'm going through some stuff that's so hard. Over the last two years, I've gone through some stuff that I'm, I'm telling you. It's been hard. Pastoring for a long time. My goodness, there's times I said, Lord, hello. Hello. How much more do you think I can handle? I'm stretched beyond capacity. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
I'm stretched beyond capacity. And, and, I, and that's why I said this was personal, because this was me. This was a, like, Lord, do you know how much? You know that I can't handle anymore. You know my plate is full. Can't take anymore. And yet the Lord said, but I know you. She can. I got you. I got you. But Lord, I'm going through this. And then I, I, I never forget when, when I sat there and they told me, oh, Mr. Smith, you've got cancer. And I was like, Lord. And I prayed. And I prayed because I want a miracle. My thing was, Lord, I've served you. You've got to get me out of this. That's my thing. I served you my whole life from I was a child. This is almost 50 years I've been in church. I've served you. Done everything that they asked me to do. I've done it. I've not served in the background. I've served forefront from musician. You know, Joe, because you trained me. From musician, going through, prayer leader, doing this, church leader, elder. I've, I've done it. I've done it. So, so my, my prayer was, though, you got to get me out of this now. That's, that's my thing, God. you got to get me out of this. Because I ain't confessing to no one that I have cancer. Because that ain't my portion. That, that ain't my portion. So you got to get this. Uh, you got to get me out of this. Because I ain't giving no devil no credit for nothing. And I don't claim no sickness to be mine. That ain't no, none. Hell no. That ain't mine. So my thing was, God, you gave me assignment. I'm to preach the word of God. But you got to get me out of this. But even here... Hear, hear the word of the Lord, Psalms in Isaiah 43, 2. When they pass through waters, God says, Deroy, when you're passing through waters, hear me, I'm Jehovah Shammah. When you're going through this, hear me, I'm with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it shall not burn you. Neither shall the flames kindle upon you. Why? Because I'm Jehovah Shammah, Delroy. I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm here. I'm here. So my thing was, Lord, get me out of this. Get me, that's my prayer. Lord, get me out of this. And it's like, no, I ain't taking you out of this. I'm coming with you. And we're going to walk through this. Do you hear the difference in prayer? I'm saying, get me out of this because I can't handle anymore. And God said, no, I'm not, I'm not taking you out, son. But you know what? We're in this together. I'm going to walk with you through this. You're going to walk through. You're going to go every appointment that you have to go. I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm Jehovah Shah. ain't leaving you. You go through the fire, you go through the water. I'm Jehovah Shammah. Someone needs to hear that. I'm Jehovah Shammah. I ain't leaving you. I walk with you. Come on, we can do this. Come on, you can do this. God, why would you take my wife? Come on, man. Can't handle this. I'm Jehovah Shammah. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm just, 
going through grief. I don't know if you, so you, you everybody's been through some. Your emotions are all over the place. You don't know where you are from one day to another. But here is Jehovah Shammah. Come on. I know you. I know you. Before you spoke a word, I, I heard you. I hear your heart. I know your pain. But let me walk with you. We go through this together. Come, let's go. That's Jehovah Shammah. Because some of us are praying, saying, this is too hard. Get me out of it. But you're, you're, you're missing God, the, the very character of God, the nature of God. He's so, hear me, he's so powerful that if he took you out, you'll learn nothing. If he took you out, you'll learn nothing. You've been there austere. You know what I'm talking about. Over, you know what I'm talking about. He said, come on, guys. Come on, let's go. You're going, there's a fire. Come on, we're going in this together. Come on, you ain't going to get burned. And you're looking at that fire, and well, that fire's a bit hot. You know? <laughs> this, this is a little bit hot. This is, I didn't bargain for this. I thought that I was just going to get saved and go to glory. And the, but I didn't know about all this thing. But Jehovah Shammah, every step, Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. You cannot give up. Hear me, brothers. You cannot give up. You cannot throw in the towel. You can't do that because Jehovah Shammah, this Sunday morning, I'm here to tell you about your God, your Father, who says, I don't care what you go through. And you might kiss your teeth and say, you know what, this church thing, Amanda, this ain't for me, you know. (laughs) I like easy life. I'm going back. And you might be rocking in a club. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in the club, and you know what? In the club, somewhere, I recognize you from somewhere, you know. (laughs) I I saw you somewhere, you know. Did you used to go to RCC? Oh! (laughs) Even, I don't care where you're going, God turns up. He will turn up in the club. He will turn up wherever you go. You know what I'm saying, Yvonne, in a dark, in, in a corner, you know. In a corner, don't want no one to see you. Put your hood over it. Someone said, "Yeah, hi, Pastor Dewey. How you doing?" <laughs> no matter what we go through, God says, "I'm always going through with you." Deuteronomy thirty-one six says, "Be strong and of good courage, for the Lord thy God, He." Is it that goes with thee? Be strong, be of good courage. For the Lord your God, it is He, Jehovah Shammah, that goes with thee. May God bless you today. Pray you're encouraged with the Word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.